0: Welcome to the Roll Bama Roll podcast. I'm Wesley Gullett. As always, I'll be joined by Brad Canning. Brad, this might be the most somber recording of the show. Uh, As everyone knows, Tua Tungvaluwa out for the remainder of the season, dislocated hip and fracture. He's expected to make a full recovery. He should be able to return to throwing in the springtime. I doubt we can really say anything about Tua or, or about the situation that hasn't already been said, but there's been a lot of debate on his future. So let me ask you this. How do you view Tua right now if you're an NFL GM? Would you be willing to spend a top 10, top 15 pick on him in the upcoming
1: draft? Um, Somebody most likely will. I mean, they've spent him on worse. You know, he is a glass body, unfortunately, you know, even before this season, and he can't catch a break. But when he does stay healthy, or hell, even when he's 60%, he's worth it. And somebody will take that chance.
0: I'd be nervous to take him that high, if I'm being honest.
1: No, I would too. But you know, at the end of the day, it's an astronomical amount of the first round picks that don't pan out. Yeah. And if you need to win, you need to win now, and he can get you seven, eight wins. But to them, it's worth it. So
0: he started for two seasons at the college level, and and he hasn't made it through either one without having to have a surgery. So if you're a GM and your job is on the line, and in large part based on who you draft. I think you have to ask yourself if, if this is a trend that will continue, and the evidence right now says it is. And,
1: and mm-hmm. let me be clear,
0: if injuries weren't a concern, I would take him with the top pick, and I would not question myself for a nanosecond.
1: Yep. No, I just hope they, uh, they have enough slants ready for him when they do. So.
0: <laughs> but uh, I guess ultimately I think it would be situational for me. I thought about this. If, if my team needs a quarterback to step in immediately and start in year one, I'd probably go in another direction.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: But if I can give him the Patrick Mahomes treatment and and let him sit for a full season behind a quarterback that I I already feel comfortable with, I'd take that chance. Like, say if you're the Patriots, you'll probably like this, but you know Tom Brady is 42 years old. and, And even though he seems like he's like the first human being to beat Father Tom, you have to prepare yourself for the future at some point. So if someone like Tua falls to the back half of the first round, you know you just got a value pick that you don't have to rush into contributing and, and who better to sit behind for a season or two
1: yeah, I mean that's basically how they did it with Garofalo.
0: right I, I'm wondering if they regret trading him at all
1: uh, I don't know, it's hard to say i mean I, they capitalized it you know when they thought it was the right moment and it worked out well for both of them because I mean honestly it hasn't come back in bit of in the ass, you know Brissett. you know he was the next one they did the same thing with, so
0: yeah, and that would have been a long time to sit behind somebody i mean. <laughs> Like, you you have to be thinking, like, this guy is 42 years old. When is it going to end? I mean, it has to at some point. So, I mean, that that would be an ideal situation for someone like Tua.
1: Yeah. I mean, it could end after this year. You know, you could have two dynasties ending after this year so.
0: Part of the speculation on Tua's future is also whether he should enter the draft at all or or return to Alabama for another year. Mm -hmm. An argument I've heard is that if he gets draft feedback and the NFL projects him as a low first-rounder or so, maybe come back, prove you can stay healthy, and potentially work your way back to the number one pick in the draft. I think this might just be wishful thinking. By some of the fan base, do you think it's logical yeah. to take that risk for Tua? And
1: no, that's that's called the tier three retirement plan right <laughs> there. I mean, that's all that is. So, yeah. I don't entertain <coughs> Walmart packages. Uh, so, no, that that's not reality. You know, even if he does get a low first round grade, I, I don't think we're we're going to see him back at Alabama in any shape, fast or form. And what sucks is preseason. We talked about you know this being a possibility if we got him back it would have to be something like this unfortunately yeah. but i just can't see i mean the the possibilities of him coming back are next to none because what what's the good benefit there at that point i mean if he gets hurt again if i'm him or i'm his family i'd rather get hurt with that medical system they have across the nfl with access and also be able to i don't know still get paid
0: yeah. so yeah if i'm too i'm gone i mean like i said earlier evidence tells us it's highly likely he would get injured again if he came back next season. So if you risk returning and suffering another season-ending injury, it, it just further drives that injury narrative too, and it will ur- ultimately hurt his draft stock even more. So he runs the risk of like l- losing a ton of money. Really. I mean, he, he – Maybe you gamble making more on the front end of your career, but you gamble losing a lot too. So yeah, from a talent and production standpoint, he has nothing—absolutely nothing—left to prove on the field. Selfishly, I—I I would love to see him return if that's what he wants to do. But I think the best thing for him may be to take advantage, assuming he's still getting that—that that first round feedback.
1: Yeah, and I think he will. I mean, I think enough time passes on anything people forget. So not that the NFL would forget, obviously, but it's not going to carry the same weight, no pun intended, as it does right now. And that's going to be the difference in this because if he makes a healthy recovery, he's at the combine able to actually go through maybe a couple of throwing drills or something. I mean, it's going to be all but forgotten to where if he gets cleared by a team's doctor, they're definitely got him on the board as their number one.
0: Speaking of draft stock, it looks like this is the last season we see your guy, Najee Harris in Tuscaloosa.
1: Yeah, and uh he'll be leaving trophyless though, unfortunately. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> unfortunately for your wallet.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it is what it is. I've spent money on worse things. Uh, but, uh, look, I, it's awesome to see him come out, you know, finally on his own and and just dominate, basically. I mean, the dude's running with authorities. He's finally playing. It, he, he's his own handicap, essentially, because he, he handcuffs himself to what he's capable of doing based on what Moody's in, essentially. If he wants to go out there and beat the hell out of somebody, he's going to run right through him. But otherwise, he's going to have Trent Richardson syndrome with the Browns. So he's night and day different, but I'm glad he's going to end it on a high note. Hopefully uh, he can at least muster something this week, and then definitely uh, in two weeks down there in Jordan Hare.
0: Yeah. And the pass game is so prevalent in the NFL. He's And he's turned into basically an elite mm-hmm.
1: receiver out yeah, of the backfield. I,
0: he, I mean, he looks like a three-down NFL back, and he's improving by the week.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can see uh, he could work in a system just like a Todd Gurley-type role. That's, that's exactly what he could line up as. But, well, I mean, look, if, you know, Trey Sanders comes back healthy next year, you still got Brian Robinson, you got Keelan. Yeah, you know, I, I think we're going to end up being fine. just sucks, man. Uh, I feel like Najee got sold a, a bit of goods, unfortunately, in terms of the production.
0: Yeah. Uh, moving on, are you still holding out hope for the playoffs? Uh,
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> and no. <Yeah.
0: laughs> sounds like you don't even want to be there.
1: No, I mean, I want to be there, obviously, but I don't want to be there and, and get our shit kicked in. Yeah. Not that we would, but again, this now absolutely has that set up because if you were, if somehow we were able to backdoor our way in, we're facing, you know, more than likely, I, I'd say fate would have at Ohio State.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, God, no,
0: they, not they against look, this defense. They look good, man.
1: I mean, they'd be they'd be just like a drum, yeah. but uh, I know that's like sin for me to say that. So I no,
0: I mean, it, but. but realistically, they look so good on both sides of the ball, and I, I mean, I'll take into account who they're playing as well. Uh, they Don't they matter. have not played a great schedule, but they just look dominant, man. Yep. They, they really do. I, I'd rather have a chance at a national championship than not have a chance. Like I said last week, but Tua and the offense—that was the great equalizer for Alabama. Like, when you took into account how the defense would probably struggle against other playoff teams, like we said last week, yeah, Alabama might not be able to get a ton of stops against the likes of Clemson or or Ohio State, but those teams would also have to stop Alabama's offense, which would have been a tall task for anyone. So if Mac Jones comes out at Auburn against, I- admittedly, one of the best defenses in the country and puts up 40 and the offense doesn't really look like it missed a beat, then sure, sign me up.
1: yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm like I said to you before we started recording. I'm. It's nice not to be emotionally invested in football anymore. <laughs>
0: just, um, just give up.
1: I am a ginger, so I am aware I don't have a soul. But it feels like I did get my soul stolen from me. <laughs> um, I you, just you sound
0: defeated, man.
1: Everything hurts, and I'm dying. I'm like Leslie knows. So uh-huh. yeah. You know, but no, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see if Mac uh, can continue the offensive production uh, that Alabama has had. Because all we heard all year about Tua from certain media bureaus is, you know, hey, he's not really doing anything special. Anyone can do it. Well, I don't. I still don't know why it doesn't happen that way. But yeah. let's not look into that. If we're not going to make the playoffs, by the way. I don't want the Sugar Bowl. How do we? How do we avoid that one right there? Oh, Unless God. it's Michigan, yeah. You no, know, I want to play Michigan. You
0: know what it's setting up for?
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be Jalen. I know. Yeah, it's, it's Jalen versus Alabama. Kick. Yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh,
0: and you know how that movie ends, right? Geez, like that script, all, if, yeah. If that happens, that that script has been written. Like oh. you just forget about it. Don't even
1: watch it. No, they already – yeah, they started on the second draft of it now because, you know, he gets his revenge against Alabama with Tua, you know, on the – God, it's just – It's going to be awful.
0: It's it's going to be awful. That's all there is to it.
1: I'm just glad we remember this year as Murphy's Law, so that's always nice.
0: (laughs) As far as the playoffs go, the problem is I'm not sure if Alabama can get in over the Pac-12 champion at this point, whether it be Oregon or Utah. I thought they had a fair shot last week, but the committee is going to take the Tua injury into account, and I don't know if Alabama can overcome that or not.
1: Yeah, in my opinion, I don't think they should. I mean, I think if Oregon and Utah wins out, I get the Pac-12 as a Pac-12, but it is what it is. They're a conference champion. If, if it's Oregon they lost to only Auburn depending on what happens in that game in the Iron Bowl in 2 weeks that's still a, a good loss. Utah's got a hell of a defense. Great special teams. If they made it, they'd have two quality wins on their schedule. So, but it's hard to argue against it. I mean, I really think reality's setting in here of, you know, even before last week of the, the risk of finally not making the playoffs, and uh, we'll see. Still two weeks to go. Need some breaks, though. So need some some big breaks. So yeah, I'm looking at sure. you, Herm Edwards. So um.
0: <laughs> yeah, we need some help, man. <laughs> we need some help from Herm. Hey, you remember when we had Phil Still on? Utah was mm-hmm. his his dark horse uh, playoff team.
1: Yeah, I know. He's looking really good. He he led that bandwagon that everyone then decided to jump on. And then two weeks into the season, or three weeks in, when the Utah lost, you know, to USC. Uh, it was all of a sudden, hold up, that was ridiculous. And I'm over here in the corner pissed off because of I I thought I was going to look good at, uh, at my Baylor prediction when we talked to Phil Steele. And there goes Baylor blowing leads like they played in Atlanta or something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's uh, great. Again, I love seeing Jalen come back. But, yeah, uh, it's been a crazy year if you think about it, though. I don't th- know if you've had true chaos this year so far. You really, we um, really
0: haven't.
1: And that's, that's a first to me in recent yeah. memory.
0: It doesn't feel like we're going to get it. I could Mm -mm. be wrong. Maybe Arizona State, you know, makes some noise or or whatever. Maybe Penn State comes out and somehow beats Ohio State. But even so, you have to think Ohio State can afford a loss at this point or or LSU can afford a loss.
1: Yeah. I I don't know about
0: Clemson. I'm not sure if they can afford one, but.
1: Well, I mean, I don't. They don't have anybody that they could right. pay to beat him right now. So yeah, that's true.
0: South Carolina plays Clemson uh, here in a couple weeks. Will Muschamp is on the hot seat. I was just thinking about this.
1: Mm, here we go. Let's do it. Yeah. Hey. Let's yeah, do it. <laughs> come on. Let's do it. I'm ready. <laughs>
0: Are you ready? Yeah.
1: Let's do it. So you
0: want to make that higher?
1: You damn right want to make okay. that higher. Tell me the last time you had a bad defense. That's
0: true. Look, I don't necessarily love Will Muschamp. I really never have, but. With the way that the defense has played this year, if you can replace Pete Golding with Will Muschamp, that is a definitive upgrade.
1: Yeah, look, I'm here for the, the teachings of Dr. Muschamp with his glasses. He's already committing to that old lifestyle now, so he's going to fit in well in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, um, yeah. But no, he's that coach. He is that type, that Charlie Strong type, you know, to where great as a coordinator, average as a head coach. Yeah. And that's fine. Also, don't let him recruit anything but damn linemen, and that's all he can recruit because that's all he's good at. <laughs> hey, um. <laughs> hey,
0: and, and th- it could work out. I thought about this too. It could work out long term because who is going to give Muschamp a third chance to be a head coach? Uh-oh. So, so y- y- you might get a situation where y- you kind of get one of the best defensive coordinators in the game, and he's there to stay because yeah. because basically nobody else is going to give him a chance at, as as far as a power five school. I wouldn't think
1: no and he's got 18 million reasons not to care whether he gets a chance or not yeah. but to me i i he could be there long term until the, that first bad game <laughs> so uh when we want to bring out the pitchforks again I, I got no problem retaining Pete, by the way, uh, but I just don't see how this marriage is going to continue past this year, uh, as of right now, uh, with the way everything's going on and off the field. It's just there's a lot of tension. There's been fights throughout practice. I mean, which is normal, but there's been other reasons behind it. I mean, can we talk about Scooby Carter? You know, like him, him just dipping out. That's Yeah, that was odd. He got suspended.
0: He got suspended for Mississippi State, uh, apparently not going to class. I don't know if there's anything more to it than that. But uh, yeah, he entered the transfer portal and he was one of the highly ranked recruits in the country last year and one of Alabama's top signees. So that's two of their top defensive signees that are now gone from this previous cycle.
1: Yeah, I mean, they said that in spring he was killing it as a true freshman. When he wants to be on, he's on, just like Najee. But. The dude they said had a Dion Sanders type ego. Yeah, so. I have
0: heard that as well. That 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 he's good, but he's not as good as he thinks he is.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's not shocking.
0: Yeah. Um. Before we wrap up, I did want to bring up Nate Oates and the basketball team. They Yay,
1: beat <laughs> more depression.
0: <laughs> they beat a, a pretty good Furman team on Tuesday, and, and they're now two and two on the season, going into battle for Atlantis this coming week. The transition into the Nate Oates system has not been smooth, not nearly as smooth as I had hoped. The biggest concern right now is turnovers, Brad. There are 350 Division I basketball teams in America. Alabama is tied for 348th in turnovers per game at 205 They're tied with LSU, might I add. So only one program in America is averaging more turnovers per game than Alabama and LSU. That's Stephen F. Austin, who Alabama plays in a couple weeks, so expect a record to be broken on December 6th.
1: That game's going to be just so damn drunk. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be crazy. Uh, But, you know, at least – at least we're getting a deal on our turnovers. LSU's paying a shit ton for theirs.
0: <laughs> that's to, hey, that, that's true. But
1: um, uh it, it, between penalties and football and turnovers and basketball, I mean look, we uh we when we do it, we do it big. But that that was a good win. I mean, we shot well overall even with the turnovers. I mean, what would we finish with like twenty three turnovers that game? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's I don't know. Not good. I, I I can't even I I look, I have no handles. I don't know if I can try to turn the ball over 23 times.
0: <laughs> the the main culprit for uh, LSU's turnovers, by the way, is Trenton Watford.
1: Oh, uh, well, you just hate to see it. So
0: imagine if he, I mean, look, I would still I, I obviously gladly take him, but imagine adding those turnovers to this team. Mm. Would not be great. Uh, Western Illinois leads the nation in the turnover category. They've turned the ball over 29 total times in four games.
1: I ain't even got time for those elitists. So
0: <laughs> Alabama is averaging over 20 turnovers per game. Just to put that in perspective.
1: Uh, I mean, we're damn near close to you know claiming a turnover national championship. So well,
0: well glad we could end this on an, an encouraging note.
1: Yeah, no, thanks for uh, joining us through our uh, depressing edition. <laughs> uh, we look forward to bright and sunny things next week. <laughs> All
0: right. This has been the Roll Bama Roll podcast. Roll Tide.